You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition terminal ascent. Now, the terminal ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The terminal ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet, and it comes in a variety of cartridges, including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06, and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. Welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and it is opening day in the deer woods today if you're listening to this on october 1st but we're not going to be talking about deer hunting today we're going to be talking about fishing and today's guest mr chancy walters is an avid bow hunter but he's also an avid fisherman and this time of year throughout the state of iowa the temperatures are getting cooler throughout the day which makes it a little bit more bearable to be on the water or on the shore fishing it's not so hot and depending on who you ask the fishing can be really good this time of year and today Chancy is going to talk to us a little bit about what to do this time of year to catch smallmouth largemouth maybe talk a little bit of walleye maybe we talk a little bit about pan fishing but it's an overall what he's doing this time of year the early fall to get the fish to bite. It's a strategy podcast where we talk about lures, we talk about water temp, we talk about water clarity, we talk about what the bass are doing this time of year and where to catch them. It's an overall, overall, it is a really good episode, especially if you like to rip some lips. So that's what this episode is about. But before we get into this episode, we got to talk a little bit about Quiet Cat. Now, Quiet Cat is the partner of this podcast and if first off, if you want to find out more about Quiet Cat and their electric lineup of bicycles, visit quietcat.com. Now, uh, what is an electrical bicycle or, or an e-bike? Well, it is a bike, a bicycle. It's a mountain bike with a motor on it, uh, and that motor kicks in either when you pedal or it has a throttle on the handlebar, which allows the bike to go. But it's not only fun, but it has a lot of functionality to it. Now, if you're we're talking about fishing today. Let's just say you, you want to take a trail way back to get to some backwater and do some fishing from the shore. An e-bike might be just the, uh, the transportation device that you're looking for. If you're getting older, if you're got bad knees like myself, an e-bike can get you places with relative ease. The best part about it is let's say you're a serious deer hunter and you need to get way back on the property. It's quiet hence the name quiet cat and uh, you're not going to be disrupting deer movement the natural deer movement uh, to get to your tree stand whether it's a morning hunt or an evening hunt Uh, there's a whole bunch of different accessories that come along with uh, the their uh, lineup of e-bikes but the best thing to do at this point is find a dealer and take one for a spin and you can do that on quietcat.com 
quietcat.com. Check them out. Awesome lineup of e-bikes. All right, we've done the commercial. Let's get into today's episode with Chancey Walters. All right, on the phone with me now, Mr. Chancey Walters. Chancey, how we doing, man? Good. Just out here doing a little pre-fishing for a little two-day derby this weekend. I, uh, you are the first person that I've ever called who is, who was actually on a boat to do a podcast and, uh, (laughs) whether we planned it that way or not, it's, uh, it's, it's unique because you're actually out there right now living it. Yep. Absolutely. I, uh, I got a little time in this, this tournament this weekend and I haven't been up on this lake for a while. So I've kind of scrambled around trying to get something going. I got couple things going with this little fall transition up here i mean it was like 60 degrees this morning um a little colder than that actually it's probably in the 50s but uh now it's like 60 right now 65 so gotcha a lot of things are changing on lakes is this a a bass tournament or a walleye tournament yep yep bass tournament bass tournament yeah i do all bass yeah okay so you are you also you know you're a hardcore whitetail hunter but in the fall, right, and throughout the summer, you are a tournament bass fisher as well, fisherman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I love. I, I tell everybody I love deer hunt, but I love bass fishing. It's it's kind of it's my roots. It's what I grew up doing, and uh, thank God I don't have to choose between the you know hunting <laughs> or fishing. You can do both. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Everybody's always like, "Hey, what do you like better?" I'm like, I don't have to choose. Right. Well, <laughs> like, what happens? What happens if the fishing's good late October and uh, the you know the the bow hunting itch starts to get to you? Have uh, you have you uh, ever had to make that decision? Oh yeah, this year I got some crazy stuff happening. I with all this Corona stuff, it it uh, postponed a lot of these bigger tournaments that I'm fishing the Bassmaster Open uh, to the to end of the fall. So I got my next tournament's coming up. Um, just had one, just came back from Sam Rayburn, had a, uh, had a good practice, had a, uh, kind of a crappy first day. It just, sometimes things just don't go your way. kind of got lost two right off the bat, kind of got spun out, never did catch up. And then uh, I knew what I needed to do, went out the next day and weighed a really good bag of fish, close to 20 pounds. And I think it was like the seventh biggest bag out of 120 boats the second day. So I've been setting good if I would have just had just a decent little bag of fish. To, so, but anyways, yeah, no, I, what's crazy is this Corona thing has postponed everything into the fall. So I got, my next one is on Alabama and Neely Henry Lake. And it starts on like in the twenties of October and don't get over till the 24th. So it's kind of going, kind of, you know, messing up a little bit of my bow hunting, but I usually don't start till about the twenty. 28 you know before right there before halloween so it'll yeah. it'll work out i gotcha so in regards to iowa right because uh, you're from iowa uh you you fish a lot in iowa uh what do you like better spring fishing or fall fishing Ooh, i like summer fishing yeah <laughs> i like uh i like it when they get off the bank and you got to find you know little sweet spots um you know between fall and and spring, I mean, it's hard to beat spring. I mean, there's a lot of fish catching. I mean, you can about throw anything out there and catch them, and it's uh, that's a fun time of year for sure. But every every little, I like every site or you know every 
cycle throughout the summer, you know, from spring to, to you know, your spawn and post-spawn and all that stuff. So you just, I love it you all. You just love fishing, love period. Yeah. I yeah. just love fishing, and there's always they're always biting. Everybody's like, I ain't biting today. Uh, they're biting. You just got to <laughs> figure out how they're eating That's or right. what you got to do to make them bite. So, I mean, sometimes it's, it's that's why it's so hard and, and the competition's so so fierce when it comes to bass fishing. You can, you, know, you can get lucky every once in a while, but you can't get lucky multiple times bass fishing against, you know, all these guys that are really good. Yeah, especially in a tournament, right? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Crazy, yeah. So today I'd like to keep it on an average Joe level and, and talk to you a little bit about fishing in the fall, specifically in Iowa. And, uh, we'll cover, you know, we'll cover a variety of, of fish, but let's, let's start off with the bass fishing and we can even break that down into smallies and, and large mouth. But, um, in, in your experience, what are the large mouth doing this time of year? And if you want to use your experience up uh, where you're at right now in Okaboji or river fishing or, you know, on the Mississippi, just break it down for us and let us yep. know what these fish are doing this time of year. Well, you know, right now I got 64 degrees on my hummingbird right now, 64, 65. Uh, this, this, these nights are starting to get cool. And when you got those nights that you know, every night starts getting a little bit cooler and, you know, that, that, that hooded sweatshirt kind of feel yep. weather, you know, and it's like you need a hooded sweatshirt in the morning. That's when, you know, things are changing. A lot of these fish, you know, about when that starts happening, a lot of this grass and offshore grass and a lot of that stuff starting to die. So these, these bass are going to start pulling out of that, that summertime stuff, whether it's offshore, um, you know, breaks and stuff. And they're going to start moving into hardcover, whether it's rocks or stumps or whatever but the shallow fish they're going to move the you know the last live alive grass so the greener the grass you can find this time of year is definitely going to hold the fish but if you find brown grass and stuff you're you pretty much waste your time i mean you can catch a fish here and there but uh, most of them are going to be pulling out of that stuff and um yeah these uh that's what they're that's what they're going to be doing that's what they're doing here right now so. What about depth? Uh, are they, you know, as the grass dies and they move to this hard cover, um, are are they also going deeper into the water, or are they still staying shallow, looking for the hard cover well, in shallow waters? Yeah, they, uh, you know, the shallow. There's always fish that are always going to be shallow, and there's fish that are always going to stay deep. Um, the fish up shallow, I, I'm noticing they're moving to the more li- more alive types of uh, grass, you know, stuff that's still alive, not dying, and any kind of hardwood or any kind of little run out of rock or whatever. And they just, they just, that's just their comfort deal. They just, they get somewhere, this grass is dying. I don't know exactly what it does to them, but they just don't like being around it. And they, you know, if you can find uh, lay downs or any kind of wood structure in those big flats or along the bank that normally there was these, you know, big mats of weeds and stuff. They're going to, they're going to focus right to that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's always going to be fish shallow and there's always going to be the fish that live shallow. It seems like they're just always shallow except for winter time, you know, they'll move out. But man, some fish are just genetically to, they just, they're, they live shallow and they've always lived shallow, but the fish I'm hunting are, you know, I haven't really found anything good in the grass, but fish that I'm hunting are offshore fish that are, um, you know, holding on rock and stuff is, gotcha. is the key stuff that I'm right now. Okay. Because that rock holds heat longer. And it just, it's like almost like, I don't, it don't make sense, but when it gets cool, when the water starts dropping, fish always go to the rock. 
Okay. And um, they just, it's almost like a heat run. Okay. So what about uh, bait fish this time of year? Because a lot of guys will say, well, you just follow the bait fish and then that's where the the, the fish are yep. going to be. Um, with this transition, yep. and you mentioned the grass kind of dying off or, or any vegetation grind, uh, drying off and going into this rocky, hard structure, what are the bait fish doing? Well, this time of year, a lot of these bass, they start schooling this bait and they, they start, you know, they're trying, they're going to start building up their body fat for the winter. Um, and what they do is if you can find like a little cut, I've noticed that if you can find like a cut or a point, uh, somewhere where those bass can push them, them bait up against something or, you know, corral them, any type of corral, um, you know, uh, um, where you got a straight weed line and all of a sudden there's a big dip in it, then bass use that type of stuff as, as a corral to corral that bait fish in there. Um, you know, I mean, the bait fish, obviously, if you find the bait fish, you're, uh, that's what you want to do. But sometimes it's hard to find that. You know, you can graph around, use electronics and find it. But a lot of that bait's going to start, you know, moving onto the points and into, into the edges of those weed lines. And they just, you just, they're everywhere. I mean, it's, they don't all go to one spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's so much bait this time of year. And, you know, the fish are definitely focused on, on on the bait fish right now yeah and you know the ones that are off for they're they're eating bait fish but they're they're hunting crawfish this time of year too yeah so as the um as the the bait fish move and and all the you know everything's moving out of its winter habitat to its or excuse me its summer habitat to this new fall slash winter habitat colder waters are the are the fish moving around more to locate those fish? Like, for example, if you find a, they are okay. So if you find a school of bass to, uh, today, there's no telling it's going to be there tomorrow. Exactly. There, you know, if you find a big enough herd of them, they're obviously there for a reason, and uh, they, you know, still stay. But yeah, it's they're moving. They're they're hunting. Um, it's really sporadic right now. But this when the weather starts changing, they start getting active. That, that's just that just that's their pretty much their their trigger to let them know that it's time to to start uh, you know it's going to be winter soon and this is the time to start uh, figuring out where the bait fish are at really you know build their body fat up I don't know I've never talked to fish I'm just saying what <laughs> in my experience you know of 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 being out there on the water right and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours you know you just got to feel confident and just follow you know. The best way to do it is if you have a lake and you just you fall through that through that whole process. You really learn a lot, you know, if you're on one body of water. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to fish one particular body of water, you know, all summer. So I'm jumping around to different lakes and different stuff like that. So yeah, it's neat to follow them. Now, what about the difference between you know? Obviously, there's there's several big differences between largemouth and smallmouth, and what we've kind of talked about sounds like more of a, uh, uh, as far as strategy is concerned, kind of a largemouth strategy. Um, let's say you wanted to go out and target specifically smallmouth. How does your strategy change then? Um, I'm gonna focus on I'm gonna focus on rocks. Um, they're going to be, you know, they're going to eat, be eating bait fish too, but they're going to be eating crawfish. Um, uh, I try to find anywhere there's rocks inside, um, weed lines. Those are going to be key areas. They're just, they use those little, pretty much like a hole. They, 
um, a hole in the weeds where there's rock or a hard spot, they're going to, they're going to focus to that stuff, you know, most likely over everything else. Uh, I like, I mean, today I caught a couple small mouth and they were in that, uh, I think it was about 14 foot and they were just on, you know, boulders and that's where they were. But you know, what's crazy than being things, they pretty much hang around the same spot all year long. Yeah. I mean, they, they find that offshore, uh, boulders or run out or rock and they just, they like, they like that. But you can find weeds that run to, you know, rocks that rut, you know, are edged up right to, um, deeper weeds that are alive. I mean, that's going to be your money. Spot. Okay. Um, right. now when it comes to a lake, right. And, and there's current in every body of water, but, um, are you looking for any type of water movement, whether that's from wind or from an inbound creek or, or a ditch or something, uh, when it comes to, yeah, yeah? absolutely. You're going to want, you know, your windy sides are always going to be the better, the better side of the lake. Um, especially if you can find wind at the point right now, I mean, you throw a spinner bait, um, that's an awesome bait to use when the wind hit the point. Um, these weeds, you can find some deeper weeds that are topped out at like, you know, six to eight, 10 foot below the surface. You can run a jerk bait right now. And this time of year, you can move a jerk bait a little bit more quick, you know, a little faster than, you know, pausing it for a long period of time. Like you are in the fall, but th- another thing I do want to tell you is the thermal climb. Um, if you have a lake that don't have current and it's and it's just you know a man-made lake, usually it'll build a thermal climb and you can turn your sensitivity up on your graph and it'll show it'll show a hard line. Uh, a lot of my lakes around here in Iowa, you know, your thermal climb sets in about 10 to 15 foot, about the deepest. And their fish are always going to be at that thermocline or above. So I just, I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys fishing with thermocline, fishing in 20 foot of water and thermocline 15. They're 100 percent wasting their time yeah. out there. So that's a lot. Of, that's a little trick. I don't tell a lot of people that because I mean you don't want everybody to know everything. <laughs> you know? So, but <laughs> but you know I've seen that a lot. But this time of year, um, it starts uh, the, the the lake will start mixing that thermocline will go away and go deeper and deeper and deeper and um it just starts mixing and the fish can go anywhere right now yeah so they're going to be on a lot of places that they normally haven't been all summer and um yeah that's one key thing if you're on a lake that has no current you always want to check that thermocline if, if you've got it showing you'll see just a hard static line in your on your down imaging and that's how you'll know where it's at you always want to fish um, anywhere on the lake that where that thermocline is or above it. Okay. That's where the fish are going to be. But if thermocline, they could be anywhere. And that, that makes it a little tougher. You know, they could be out deep. They could, they could be, um, they could be up real shallow. That just scatters them out. And that's when you got to cover water. Yeah. All right. So, so let's talk about, you know, we've kind of really quickly covered a whole bunch of different scenarios where smallies and, uh, and largemouth are hanging out and what they're doing this time of year. Now let's talk about some of the bait that you're throwing out there. You mentioned jerk, jerk baits. You mentioned spinner baits. Um, are there any, any scenarios and, uh, I guess, uh, uh, combinations of scenarios and bait that you're throwing out there. That's really good this time of year. Yep. Um, I like to use, you know, this time of year, just the peach spots a little different. Um, you know, depending on weed, if you want to be weedless or, or if you're fishing rock, I mean, a jig's hard to beat, a half-ounce jig, football head jig, or an archie-style head jig. 
as you know, they're on the when you're in rocky spots, them fish are eating crawfish. Um, I love a crankbait right now. A lot of these fish are, um, you know, they've been beat up all summer, especially with all this coronavirus. And you can get a good reaction bite. They're not necessarily hungry. Fish don't have hands to, you know, get stuff out of their way. So if a crankbait comes swinging down there and you make that right cast and it gets real close to them, they, they don't have time to think. They just, they react to it and, and all of a sudden fish on. But I'm catching, I'm going to be throwing crankbait this weekend a lot to get a lot of those uh, bigger bites just because they're not, they're so scattered and cover a lot of water. And if I get it by one, they're going to eat it. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily that they're hungry. But uh, that it's just a reaction bite, you know. It's just it works really good. I like throwing a spinner bait. Um, you can find where them weeds are um, just below the surface. You you want to burn that spinner bait, change change your cadence as you're reeling it. Figure out what they like. Um, I like throwing a um, you know if you're around the weeds, I like throwing a uh, Indiana to a willow leaf. You can throw a Colorado if you want. If the water's really dirty. Um, but I, I just, I like to keep it simple, keep it simple. Um, you know, your crankbaits, you know, always if you're, you know, you're fishing and they're in 14 foot of water, you want, you're, you're going to want to throw something at 17 foot. So if you ain't cut, touching the bottom with a crankbait, you're wasting your time. I mean, you can catch one here and there when you're burning it back up for the boat, but you want a bait that's going to be digging the bottom and you want it touching the bottom and make long casts with the wind. And that's going to be that's definitely key this time here. Okay. Buzz bait the more uh, popper. Hula popper works really good. Just depends on how they're wanting to eat. If they're just wanting to sip it, and they're not wanting to, if they're crushing it, they'll probably eat a buzz bait too. Uh, but if they're just kind of just maybe just swiping at it and being real, uh, real slow at, at at getting the bait, or if they're just you know, and you can even tell when you when you're when you catch a fish and you see how he's fighting sometimes. Like this morning, I caught a couple, and they're just real lazy, almost like a winter fish. You're like, they're just real slow coming up and not fighting real hard. That's when you want something that's that's a little slower, slower moving. Like uh, a, a plastic you know. of some sort? Yeah, yeah, slower, a slower deal or a reaction deal where they just don't have time. But they just, I don't know, they're just, they're so weird this time of year. It's the hardest time of the year to fish okay, because it scatters them. And there's so many things going on, and it's just you just got to stick to one thing. Like I'm gonna probably throw a spinner bait and a crank bait all day tomorrow. Okay. And uh, maybe a swim bait. A swim bait works really well because they're obviously um, chasing a lot of bait. The bigger bait fish, they're eating bigger stuff. Uh, depending on the lake, this lake that I'm fishing doesn't have shad. It's uh, got perch and bluegill and crappie, and that's what they're eating. Okay. So I use a bigger 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 bait you know something that's whether four to five six inch bait or bigger okay all right so you mentioned uh water clarity there for a second is there a a switch up that you make or a color that you prefer on clean or dirty water yeah you know just your old school deal i mean if you got dirty water it does it doesn't seem like it makes sense but the darker your bait is the better of a silhouette it's going to put off um, you know, your, your whites and chartreuse work good, but when you got that dirty, dirty water, like right here where I'm at on this certain part of the lake, you know, I got probably a foot visibility. That's when I'm going to start throwing my, you know, your black and blue colors, your, your whites, a little bit of white chartreuse on your spinner bay, stuff like that. You get in your clear water where you're seeing more than two foot, you can go as natural as you want, whether it's, you know, your watermelons, your brown, 
green pumpkin and, and, and all that jazz. And you get, you know, clear the water, the more real life you want your base to look. The, okay. the stained water, I do really good with black and blue all the time. Um, it just, it's just hard to beat. Gotcha. All right. Now I want to flip it, uh, and talk about the same fish, but this time on the river, right. For the guys who may, um, fish the Northern pools of the Mississippi or any, uh, any other rocky rivers or, or quote unquote bass fishing rivers here in state. Um, let's talk about, you know, we have fluctuating, uh, fluctuating water levels. We have a uh, different currents. You know, before we started recording, you mentioned that the river, uh, the river changes almost daily. So how do you approach, uh, something like that this time of year when you're targeting, um, when you're, you know, it depends. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. The, on the rivers, it depends on, I'm not a real big river fisherman. I'm, I'm learning and I am getting real a lot better. I learned um, a lot of little techniques from a buddy of mine, Brett Rudy. He's a river rat, herd bull. And he, when it comes to river fishing, he taught me a couple little key things that clicked and made me a better river fisherman. But anytime you have water that is dropping, the fish are always going to move out. If you got water coming at same thing on a lake, usually the water's rising, the fish are going to move with the water up. If it starts backing out, they're going to move back out. And with, um, with a river, a lot of people don't understand, but when you have these on the main, on the main river channels where I focus most of my time this year, this time of year, and it's going to be on your, the heads of your points, you would think that a fish is going to want to get out of the current and not fight it. Well, your active fish are always going to be in the heads of the, uh, these islands and in the head in the heads of, you know, if you have current hitting the tip of a island, that's where you're going to be. That's where your fish are going to be. It's crazy. You yeah. think that they'd want to get out of there, but that's, that's where they set. It's almost like a backflow current. They don't have to fight it as much, but any kind of brush you can find at the head of a current is going to be holding fish. Yeah. Um, and I assume. And rock, rock. Yeah. I assume that's because bait is coming across there yeah okay yeah I mean, they're just, it, it, it works good yeah now um any anywhere else on a river you know the heads of points looking for scrub um, shrubs what about uh you know stumps i know on some of those pools on the uh, northern part of the mississippi uh there's a lot of old trees off these islands that have either fallen down or you know they've been cut and it's just a big stump there uh any approach that way yes um they're you know just like the lake they're, them fish are going to hold that brush they're going to a lot of them weeds and stuff hydrilla and all that stuff is going to start dying and they're going to move off that they're going to move to, to any kind of wood cover or rock okay. and uh, yeah it's just that's just it's, the weeds when they're dead the fish get out of them but if the weed you find you find it, the best spot is if you can find the all you know one patch of weed that's still alive really good they just they suck to it like a magnet and you can get into a megawatt of them doing that but on the river i'm going to focus on on lay downs and brush on the heads of those islands or, you know, slightly down the first quarter of the, the edges of the islands. I don't mess with anything on the back, back of the island. Usually. Okay. Uh, so, this time which of year. They will hold there sometimes, but. but okay. Most of the time. Are you still uh, throwing crankbaits and spinnerbaits or are you throwing something different? Uh, I'm going to throw, I, I like to throw around them, around that wood. I like to throw a beaver style bait pegged with a, you know, a half or a three eighths, um, 
depends on how they want. They want a slower fall. You got to, you know, put a quarter ounce weight, but I like about a three eighths weight and uh, flip that in there weedless style in that brush and, and, you know, position your boat on the up ahead of the current. And now pretty much everybody's got spot lock on their boats. You can spot lock up ahead of the deal up ahead of the island and then get in the back of your boat, flip up into that stuff and let it kind of let your bait work down into the bottom of that brush. And that works really, really well. Yeah. It really does. Okay. Now, but bait money this time of year. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's a, a popper. I mean, all that stuff. You just got to, depends on like this morning, I couldn't get a real top water bite going because it was cold. They got cold, like, you know, and they just, they get a little uh, little weird when it gets cold like that on a topwater bite. Okay. So if you got a, uh, yeah, it just depends. Every situation is different. What You're about, always learning out there. What What about wing dams? Oh yeah, oh, they're wing dams are awesome. Uh, if you find wing dams, if you can find a wing dam that has a, a hole in it where it runs out and there's maybe a little water flow coming over the wing dam if the water's up. That's going to be your money spot out the very tip. And then uh, back in the corner, you get, can't forget about that. Cause these fish are starting to push bait and they team up and they, they start pushing and, and schooling the bait fish back in the corners. And you want to get back in the, and, and fish those corners. Cause that's where they're trying to corral that bait in there. Huh. I never so thought of that. Just, just, yeah. They, they use that a lot. A lot of people kind of miss that, which I have hundreds of times <laughs> Trust yeah. me, growing up. And they're going to be in those key little areas, and that's when your top water comes into play, or square bill, or or whatever. Yeah, it works awesome. Okay, all right. Let's put uh, let's put the bass uh, aside for a second, and uh, let's talk about some walleye. You know, we're we're out to have uh, a, a meal, or you know, just fill the freezer, or do it. You know, do what we do this time of year, and let's talk mm-hmm. about some uh, some walleyes. Uh, and let's start off in the lakes. Let's say this this tournament tomorrow that you're going to was a walleye tournament. Where are you heading to go get some walleyes? Oh man, I'll tell you, I walleye fishing. It's uh, I mean I've I've done good at it, but it, ugh, I'm not the best walleye fisherman. I have a buddy of mine that's just unbelievable, and I've went with him. That's all he does is walleye fish and. You can't go wrong with uh, right now trolling crankbaits works awesome. You can find where they're at. They're going to be doing the same thing as bass. They're going to be schooling bait, um, building up for that winter time. Um, if you can you can uh, find where they're staging um, outside the weed lines. If you can find you know weeds that are alive, that's going to be your key areas. But covering water, um, you know, they're always going to be walleyes on the rock piles. Um, once you figure out where they're at. I think, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's the key, figuring out exactly what they're doing. They're always moving this time of year. That's the thing with walleyes, but I'm not the best walleye fisherman. <laughs> Cause I haven't done, I just, I do catch them on accident a lot throwing a crankbait this time of year. Yeah. So I think uh, a crankbait is, uh, you know, not necessarily a bass crankbait, something that's got a tighter wobble, like a, like a, um, flicker shad or, um, something like that, like a flicker seven or a, a nine does work really well. So uh, earlier on a, on a lake, you mentioned the thermocline. Uh, you know, it's the yep. the warmer waters up top. Obviously, are do the do the walleye adhere to that same rule? Oh, uh, you, you, most of the time. I mean, most of the time, I th- I think they do. 
um, a lot of your, I've not, here's the deal. I, whenever I've seen a thermocline, a hard thermocline, I've never caught fish below it. You'll obviously, you'll have your cat fish below it, but even they relate to it. Um, I, I think walleyes and bass, bluegill and crappies and all your, your panfish are always going to be a bat or above that thermocline line. But when it starts mixing, they're everywhere. Like right now, them damn things are everywhere in the Northern lakes. I'm in Northern Iowa, but down South, there's still a thermocline and a lot of stuff a lot of the lakes but if you have a river it never builds a thermocline it can be anywhere yeah so uh, you have to burn right uh is there a is there a, a tip or trick uh, you, you know you, you mentioned you're you you don't really focus on walleyes a lot but you know are, are there any old wives tales or any type of go-to strategy if you want to go out and catch a walleye on a lake what should a guy do Ugh, i would i would I'd get live bait, what I'd do. I'd be throwing a damn leech on a jig head and uh, just letting it go to the bottom and just slowly working it on the bottom is what I'd be doing, or I would be trolling a crankbait out okay. on your brake line. Um, and walleyes, you don't need to be hitting the bottom with your crankbaits. You want that, that thing, you know, I, I like if you can find a, a walleye bait that is trolling, you know, two to three foot off the bottom or four or five foot, they, they skyline that bait. So you'll, it's best to be above a walleye. Same with bass. I mean, you want to be at the same level. I mean, if they're bass are suspended, you want to be throwing a crankbait because they're you're going to be down below them. But fish use the skyline to to attack their bait. And walleyes, you can find a crankbait and get it in that right depth wherever they're at, and you you're you're going below them or going above them. It's that's going to be that's going to be the best way to catch them. But yeah, I mean, if I were to go walleye fishing tonight, I'd be I'd be throwing a little quarter ounce jig head with a with a leech on it or a minnow or a night crawler and i'd be be bopping around the any rock reef or anything and that you know 10 to 15 foot of water is what i'd be doing okay be wrong, but that's about what about you know we, we talked a little bit about the the changing temperatures um or wetter weather patterns is there any weather pattern that you like to get ahead of or fish after if it comes through um i'll tell you how i look at it whatever the weather is you just got to adapt to it i you know if you got a front end oh they're always going to bite better before the front that's for sure um like this time of year we get some rain and stuff uh depending on how cold it is that's going to you know that's gonna that's gonna move the fish up. Uh, it's gonna get them around cover. It's gonna move them. It's gonna move them up. Like you got a bank that has tons of trees and laydowns and stuff. They're gonna they're gonna move and hold tight to that cover during the front. Um, and then uh, I don't know. It just de- it just depends. Every situation different. This time of year, if you got a lot of rain and it's it's raining, I like to throw a buzz bait or a spinner bait. Okay, that's what I like. So. Okay. So, uh, we're going to wind it down here. Um, is there anything else that we maybe didn't cover that, uh, an average Joe should know if he wants to go out right now and uh, catch some fish? Right now, things are changing. You just, um, if you're pond fishing, it's hard to beat a spinner bait. Um, you can catch a lot of fish on a spinner bait this time of year and a buzz bait. Um, you just want to, uh, if you're in a boat, you want to cover a lot of water because when you run into them, there's going to be a lot of fish. Um, but 
cutting in one spot and grinding it out, that ain't this time of year. This time of year, you want it, the fish are moving. You want to keep covering water until you figure out how them fish are, where them fish are at, what they're doing. And then when you find them, there's usually going to be a lot more than one. Yeah. Um, it's always going to be more than one. So when you catch one fish that fish that area, um, you know, a lot, I see it so many times where a person will catch a fish and they'll just keep going down the bank. Like that fish was there. There's, there's more, probably one or two more there or not a big stool of them. Yeah. I've done it in my younger years. I've caught a fish and just, oh, keep on going down the bank. And you just left all kinds of fish that were biting and you didn't even know it. Yeah. You yeah. know, that fish was there for a reason, <laughs> like you said. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, man, uh, good luck on your tournament this weekend. Thanks for taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, chat with us and, and share some insight about, uh, you know, getting, ripping some lips, so to speak. Uh, good luck. And, uh, thanks for, uh, hopping on. I appreciate you having me, man. I, uh, you know, it's a two day tournament, um, this lake. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm on them good enough to win it, but, uh, I got my girlfriend, she's fishing with me. This is her her leg that she grew up on, so I can't allow anybody else to fish the tournament with me except for her <laughs> <laughs> on this body of water. But, uh, she's, a, she's got the she's caught the biggest bass ever weighed in on this lake, which is like um, uh, like a seven and a half pounder Whoa. on this lake, which in the northern lake is really big. And she caught it with me a couple years ago here, and that was pretty cool. So we're gonna have a good time tomorrow. I think it's gonna take 22 to 23 pounds a day. Uh, to win it for five fish, which that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Well, very, good luck, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, buddy. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Huge shout out to Chancey for taking time out of his day to hop on and chit chat with us. He was actually on a boat while he was recording this episode. So uh, that's how die hard he is about fishing this time of year. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download. Please go to iTunes and leave a review on the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Please subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast if you uh, like the content that's putting out here. Leave a review. And what else? Uh, If you haven't visited the Iowa Sportsman website, iowasportsman.com, there are a ton of blogs, tons of content, tons of uh, reading material on the actual website uh, strategy hunting tactics uh, talk about gear talk about conservation that uh, is similar to the content that is in the magazine the iowa sportsman magazine which you can also subscribe to via the iowa sportsman website and huge shout out last but not least to our partner quiet cat they make this uh, uh, this podcast possible so thanks to them other than that thank you for listening and taking your time out please be safe this fall whether you're on the water or in the woods and we'll talk to you next week